Well, let's welcome back Coach Taylor. Coach, do you have team updates for us? Um, you know what? It's good to be back. Um, we have our whole team back now. Um, classes, first day of classes was today. So that's exciting. Um, you know, it's good to see the guys, you know, trickling in, getting a lift in, and then asking them how school is going. So that's pretty cool. Um, but other than that, I'm just trying to rehab some of the guys that, that were injured at the end of the year. And, uh, we're, you know, we had a good January, and I challenged those guys, um, you know, to finish up January strong. But we got to have a better February. As good as our January was, our February has got to be better. So. Well, excellent. Well, let's jump into fan questions. We'll start with Jim. He'd like to know what was the rate of what is the rate of retention for a freshman coming in to play football at Hamlin, making it from their freshman year all the way to their senior year, and are there steps that you can take to try to improve that number? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, off the top of my head, I'd say in the time that I've been here, freshman, it's about oh man, this is going to sound crazy. It's about it's fifty percent, maybe a little over fifty. I mean, if you bring in a class of forty, and twenty of them graduate as Seniors, I mean, you're doing really, really, really good. Same thing if you bring in 50 and 25 graduates, really, really, really good. So I'd say, I'd say it's, it's anywhere. It's, I bet it fluctuates anywhere from 48% to 52%. Man, it's tough, man. Football's a tough sport, but for whatever reason, there's an academic side of things. There's a financial side of things. Um, things that you can do is, you know, we try to have a lot of touch points with our guys. Be that in the weight room, individual one-on-one -on -one meetings. You know, one, one thing that's funny, and again, this is just because of my temperament and my personality is, you know, I've talked to so many of my players so often. It got me thinking when I was a player, I think I talked to my head coach. I think I talked to my head coach maybe four times in life. <laughs> you know, you just didn't, you just didn't go in and sit and things were just so different back then. So now I'm looking at it like I, I have so my time is so consumed with meeting with my players and, and not every, all of them, but not, my door is always open and they pop in there and I got to take time. So, you know, we, we have some things in place where position coaches are, are meeting with them uh, individually to, to touch, touch bases and, and with full retention. So that's a great question. Wes would like to know, is there any limitations on the team being able to practice with each other apart from you directing them personally? Um, no, they can always get together themselves. We can't do anything. The, the MIAC gives us five weeks um, in the spring. Um, which will start up on the 25th of March, and that's when we can do things with them. But they're on their own, and they can get with our strength and conditioning coaches. Um, but anything football-related, if they wanted to get together and throw or backpedal or change direction, they'd have to do that on their own. They can't, we can't do that with them right now. So. Uh, do you um, – I lost my train of thought. Man, I disappeared, Coach. I'm sorry. Uh, it'll probably come back to me like right after we're done, too. <laughs> so, all right, here we go. Let's go, let's go on then. So let's talk yesterday about yesterday's games there, this weekend's games. Don would like to know, he says, three words about the Cowboys, Coach. What was that? I guess talking about that last play. <laughs> well, oh, boy. I, obviously, we're not an organization, so we've got to be careful to throw stones at a glass house. Um, I think sometimes, and, and Rob and I were joking off air, you know, sometimes things look really good in practice, and you practice it and it looks good, but then you get into a game and it just doesn't work. So I, I, I'm going to chalk it up. Um, to that, um, you know, that was a tough, that was a tough fought game, and I guess maybe they thought that play was going to give them the best chance. But again, like I said, they probably practiced. I bet you they practiced that play on Friday every Friday for about sixteen weeks. I'm sure they they have you know trick plays like that. So, well, you know, you have to go like eighty yards or something. You might as well yeah. come up with something crazy, I guess. So. Right, right, sure. Uh, 
Eric says that last play for Dallas was crazy, but how does the receiver not keep his feet in bounds on the previous play near the sidelines? That looked to me mm. like he killed the Cowboys. Yeah, oh man, I know. I, you know what? In real time, it wasn't until they re, uh, rewound, it, rewound it, I was like, wow, he did not get his foot. I mean, yeah, you'd like to think professionals, you know, you make that play, man, because that, that, that was a huge, um, huge chunk of yardage that they lost on that, man. So, yeah, that was a good observation, and the Cowboys did need that play. That was big. Paul says, I was pretty impressed with the Cincinnati defense, but do you think that they are really that good, or did they dominate Buffalo because they jumped out to that early first quarter lead? Uh, at this point, at this point in the league, man, at this point in the year, the defenses are good, man. I, I think the Bengals' defense is good. Um, I know somebody's going to ask about the Eagles, but I think that the Niners' defense is really good right now. The Eagles played great yesterday, so defenses at this level in the tournament, I mean, it's they're they're, they're legit. All four teams. Oscar says, Coach, did you see that some Buffalo players were critical of Josh Allen after the loss to Cincinnati? This is a guy that got you to where you are, and to rip him seems like it's kind of lame. Mm. What do you think? Ooh. Wow. No, I did not see that. I mean, you'd like for everybody to, ah, man, you'd like for everybody to, you know, you win together, you lose together, man. So, you know, I don't know what the, I don't know what was said, but that's unfortunate if that, you know, if that happened to I me mean, without Josh Allen, they don't get, in my opinion, they don't get to where they have been these last couple um, last couple playoff years, so you know he's still got. And what you, people got to remember too, I think he's twenty five, twenty six. So he's he's got a lot of good ball ahead of him, man. So I don't know what the comments were, but that's unfortunate, man. You win together, you know, you're celebrating. Everybody's happy. You lose together, man. You don't not nobody's celebrating, but you got to have. I, I think it's important to have each other's back. So sorry to hear that. Our buddy Andre, a happy Andre, returns and says, look at that, Coach. Four touchdowns in the first five drives of the game. What do you think were some of the keys for that, Coach? Man, I think a lot of it goes into how they prepared. Um, I think they have a really good – they got a really good guy back there uh, with the ball in his hand every play. Uh, I think their coaching staff is really, really good. Um, so they had a good week of practice, and then I'm assuming they had a good week of practice and it transferred over to a great – a great, a great four, first four possessions, man. I mean, you can't start any better than that. Randy says the Chiefs nearly let that one get away. Coach, any cause for concern? Do you think you have? Oof. Well, I mean, the quarterback got banged up, got banged up in that game. So, I mean, he's a Mahomes is a fierce competitor. Um, for him to come back in, man. I mean, that was just a gutsy, gutsy performance. So it'll be interesting to see how he progresses throughout the week. With that ankle, almost as a high, I know it's an ankle, almost as a high ankle sprain, but they, I shouldn't say they need. It'd be very good for him to be playing in that game. You know, you want you want your you want Mahomes in that game. So, well, let's jump in and talk about this week's games. The four and zero coach Taylor from last weekend will give us his prediction. <laughs> San Francisco and Philadelphia. Man, we were talking off air, and I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm going with the Eagles, but I mean, I'm really concerned. I, I, I do want to say this on this platform, man. That defensive coordinator from the, the Niners, uh, D'Amico Ryans, man, he's really good, man. I think, and again, not that because of what I say is going to happen, but I hope he gets a look at some NFL jobs, man. He's really, really good, man. He's sharp. Um, I've been watching him for a couple of years, man. I really wish I could pick his brain on some things, but I'm hoping he gets an opportunity. So Niners' defense is tough. Um, it's going to, be in, going to be in South Philly, though, so that's a tough environment to play. Uh, but I'm going to go with the, go, going to go with the Eagles. I believe this is a rematch. Is Cincinnati, Kansas City a rematch of last year's AFC Championship? Oh, uh, right? yeah. Yes, it is. So, I mean, 
I'm fired up about that one to see Joey B. Everybody knows I'm a Joe, Joey, Joey B fan, so it'll be interesting to see if he, if he can get this win. You know, so I'm going to go Bengals. Excellent. George would like to know, if you were in a playoff game, Coach, would you rather play that early game on a Saturday or Sunday or play in prime time? No, give me the early game. I'd rather, yeah, play, I'd, I'd rather the early game for the rest. Early game for the rest. And, again, I, and, and even, even with our Mayak games, man, we could play them games at 11 a.m. I'm ready to go, man. I don't like to wake up and, and wait, man, wake up to wait. I like to wake up and roll, man. So I always envy the Big Ten when they're playing at 11 o'clock in the morning. I said, man, that must be cool to wake up and play, man. So, uh, But, yeah, so the early game. Johnny would like to know, he says, it looks like Aaron Rodgers is thinking he's going to be dealt by the Packers. Are you surprised that they would try to trade him away? Um. No, nothing surprises. Again, we talked about it on this show a lot, man. You know, not for long, what the NFL stands for. You'd like to think he could finish his career there, but that's we. There's so many factors that we don't know about as as outsiders. I'm calling all of us outsiders because none of us are in the NFL or in the organization. There's so much you don't know. So you never know if a relationship's fractured. If he thinks he can't win there, you know. I know he did did, did a contract, but those things man don't really matter, man. It's a lot of a lot about. It always comes back to relationships, man. And, Maybe the Packers don't want to play that waiting game like they did with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers in the off seasons. Maybe they want to, and maybe they feel great about the, the kid behind them, the love kid. So you just never know what's going on in the organization. Next up, we have Ricky, who would like to know how old were you when you knew you wanted to be a football coach? Ooh, wow. Um, I think that's a little bit of a two-parter. I could tell you this: I broke my collarbone in the sixth grade. It was either sixth or seventh grade, so I wasn't able to play that year. And I remember having a notebook with plays in it. And I was obviously I couldn't play, so I had a notebook and plays, and I had the younger kids in the neighborhood running those plays. And uh, my mom always said I was one of the loudest ones in the neighborhood. So she says that she always said that she thought I'd be a coach sixth or seventh grade. I didn't. I don't. I don't remember that. I don't remember her saying that, but I do remember that incident. Um, but it wasn't until I was in college and. And I had, a, I had my DB's coach, uh, who's actually um, uh, Coach Wilkes, um, who was with the Panthers for a little bit. And just seeing how he, just seeing how, you know, he was able to capture the room, um, coach us up hard, but still t- treat us like men, that was super, super beneficial for me. And I'd probably say my, in 2000, which was my sophomore year, is when I was like, wow, I might want to be, I might want to do this for a living, man. So I'd probably, I'd say sophomore year in college is when I was like, wow, maybe I can, coaching is, Coaching is, is the route I think I want to go. So, Justin would like to know. Justin would like to know who are some coaches' books that you have read that you would recommend to young coaches out there. Um, wow, uh, Barry Alvarez has a really good book. I remember reading that as a young coach. Um, anything that Tony Dungy does, any, 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 I think he has three books. All, all the Tony Dungy books are good. Um, Barry Alvarez. Uh, Nick Saban has Nick Saban. Um, there's a good one. Uh, Nick Saban had a good book. Um, gosh, I, and I'm trying to think which ones are in my in my office. Um, Nick Saban. Um, I'm th- oh, and the Florida State guy. Uh, uh, what's my guy's name? The legend. What was his name? The um, uh, Bobby Bowden. Bobby Bowden had a yeah. Bobby Bowden had a good book. I mean, it, and it was pretty detailed. It, it outlined a lot of different things in there too. So those are some good good books for some young for some, for young coaches and. Anything you can get your hands on, any coach that you kind of um, – Jim Trestle. Jim Trestle had a solid 
a solid book too as well when he was at Ohio State. So yeah, so uh, just out of curiosity, are you do you read more coaching books on where coaches are talking about X and O's kind of stuff, or more where they're talking about kind of leading and guiding men? Yeah, at this point is leadership. When I was younger, you're always trying to you're always trying to find um you're always trying to find out more scheme and X and O's, but now it's like, man, you're trying to philosophy, 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 you know, how they handle certain situations, just things like that. And that's, that's more so the reading I look for now. Amanda would like to know, what is the first thing you notice about somebody when you meet them for the first time? Um, you know, body language, um, body language, eye contact, um, and then probably the, con- the, content, the content of what they're talking about. You know, just what, are, they, are they talking to anything with substance? And it depends on the on the environment too, but yeah, definitely body language, eye contact, and how engaged are they, you know, when, when we're when we're communicating, when we're conversating. And our words of wisdom for this week, Coach. Oh, words of wisdom for today. Uh, what do I got? What do we got today, Rob? Let me see. Let me think. Let me think. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really get anything prepared. I would say this. Um, I would say this, this is just something I was thinking about over the weekend. Um, you know, just be grateful for what you have. You know, be grateful for what you have. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people that, you know, you think you don't have what you need, but you got exactly what you need. So just be grateful for what you have and, you know, just be kind to people. I mean, those are the words for this, for this week. I'm kind of surprised. I thought words of wisdom would be go Eagles. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week, Coach. All right. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you.